Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. Now, I know what you're all thinking at home. How are these guys going to back it up after last week's monster episode? Well, there's only one way. We had to get a two-time world champion on the podcast, which is no other than Becky Bateman. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So what we're going to do today is all the boys have pretty much submitted a couple of questions and we're going to kind of go through like a little roulette. We'll run through the questions. There's some really, really good questions that I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Lawrence. You could go first up. Yeah, and I'm actually going to throw it straight back to you, because I wanted to get your input on something. Obviously, Becky, you know, wins the natural Olympia, unreal, arguably even better at WMBF Worlds, but only a few people will know this. But her showing on stage in Seattle was actually not her best look of the season. Because I would argue that later that night, after some cheesecake, it was the best of it. Like, I mean, it probably the only thing we could compare it to was 2011 Phil Heath. And you were there, DY. Mm. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts. I thought the exact same thing. You could literally see the cheesecake filling out in every aspect of a physique from the lateral delts, the outer quad sweep to the upper portion of the glutes. Like it was tremendous. Um, so it's a real shame that Joey did miss the peak by about one full <laughs> ch- slice of cheesecake. But like, listen, like he did end up winning two world championships alongside Becky. So, you know, I'll cut him some slack, but uh, what are your thoughts on that, Becky? Oh, I definitely need cheesecake on the day of the show for sure. Mm. Come on, yeah. Joey. <laughs> Joey, sort your shit out, mate. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's just good that I'll be taking the um the preps from here. So, yeah, we won't have to worry about that flatness. And obviously, with DY as a collaborator, it's a no-brainer. But jokes aside, Becky, um, it's actually an honor to have you on. The champ champ is here. She's in the building. And I suppose I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite part about competing overseas? Because obviously, there's a lot more than goes into it than just getting on a bodybuilding stage. You know, you've done that in Australia several times. But is there anything about the international experience that you found to be particularly enjoyable? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the whole experience is totally different, like you said. Um, but I think one of the things I love the most is just meeting new people from all around the world. Like, um, especially the quality of the um, competitors too is unreal. So I think, yeah, I guess meeting like-minded people um, of that quality is is pretty awesome. Were there any sort of like countries that, you know, you were surprised to see people from, or was there any like people that you made connections with that you've been able to keep chatting with online that are maybe from overseas? Oh yeah, there's actually quite a few. Um, Like I could name a few, but even Beth that I was competing with, um, Natalie, um, there's a a few ladies that uh, did really, really well um, that I looked up to and yeah, it's pretty awesome. Did you know many like international guests that were actually going to be competing at some of these shows, like from the universe show, like obviously you've been there before the natural Olympia that is mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, did you follow many of these international people? Uh, quite a few of them. Yeah. However, I, I wasn't too sure. As you know, you never really know who's going to be there on the day. Mm. So it was, yeah, it was really good. I got to meet a couple of people. I had been to the Olympia once before in 2019 so there was a couple of ladies that I competed with back in 2019 who were there and competing. So that was really cool to reconnect with them. Yeah, awesome. I, I want to draw on your experience here, Becky, as well. And now that you've uh, competed a number of times, like what would be three tips you'd give to other female competitors wanting to compete um, in their debut season? Yeah, of course. Um, 
I guess my top three tips would be number one, ensuring that you've spent some time learning the basics first. Um, you know, spending a few years um, where you're training really hard, you're tracking your food, you're kind of living the bodybuilding lifestyle to begin with, because going into a prep without those basics is very hard. And to be honest, I don't know if you'd be able to, you know, make it to stage without having the basics down pat. So that's number one for sure. Um, number two would be trying to create a good support network before starting prep. Um, maybe thinking about the types of friends you can lean on and and the ones who are maybe there for, for post-comp rather than during. Um, and then number three, of course, finding a really good coach, um, do your research, find someone um, who not only you could have a professional relationship with, but also a friendship, because I think coaches should also be part of your support network and you should feel really comfortable opening up to them about anything as well. So I'd say that's my three top tips. Yeah, Fantastic. that's great. I think, yeah. Well, um, I guess with such an immense season lined up and obviously you had multiple shows, not only the WNBF show here in Australia, but overseas and obviously the INBA show as well. You'd been, you competed overseas as before. So you, you've sort of, you'd been introduced to that scene, but did you go into this season with a lot of like self expectations or perhaps sort of stresses that, that may have impacted you within your prep and essentially how did you go about, you know, dealing with these? Yeah. Um, well, I was, to be honest, I really struggled. Um, I struggled a lot with, with stress and self-doubt. Um, but to be honest, the thing that got me through it was just having the right support network. And I can't stress how important it is to have people who you can just open up to. Um, you know, like I had Joey and I had my partner, Mark, and just having people who you can talk to when you're really struggling. Um, it, it helps tremendously. So, but also finding things, I suppose, when you do have time that help relax you. So like, for an example, I like going for a walk along the beach or taking my dogs for a walk or going fishing. So making sure that you do kind of make time for the things that help kind of, I guess, take your mind off things and yeah. Fantastic. Did you go into these shows thinking you had the potential to, to win? Because I know that you know, a lot of competitors, they sort of, they either have two approaches. One one approach is going in with the mindset of, you know, I'm going to absolutely wipe the floor with every competitor here, you know, or some people go in with the mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to focus on just doing my best. And, you know, wherever the sort of dust settles is is where it'll land. And I'll be content with the result just based on the fact that I brought my best. Where do you think you, you sat within that spectrum? Yeah, um, you could probably ask Joey this one. I, uh, I really struggled. Um, I had a lot of self-doubt leading into almost every show. You know, um, am I big enough? Am I lean enough? Have I done enough? Do I look good enough? Um, but at the end of the day, it always came down to I've done my best and, you know, I'm, I'm making it to the stage and whatever happens will happen. So, yeah. Mm, I think that's a really cool take home for for a lot of the listeners here as well is to realise that even someone like yourself at such a high calibre, can still go into prep with with self doubt, and it'll still mm -hmm. be something that multiple um, you know high end athletes will will have to manage. I mean, not all high end athletes are just rolling into prep with the mindset that they're going to win. Uh, yeah. You know, we we all manage stress like every everyone has their own stress through the course of prep. So I think it's fantastic to to hear that from you. Yeah, definitely. I think it is definitely something that a lot of people do struggle with, um, and like you said, you need good management skills for it for sure. Absolutely. I was going to ask as well, Becky, like, I think you make a great point in terms of leaning on the social support network. But I think that a lot of people, myself included, it can be difficult to open up in prep because 
part of us wants to remind ourselves that, okay, we chose to do this and, you know, it's a privilege, but you also don't want to use that as a chance to just like suppress your feelings. So, you yes. know, how are you able to balance that where, you know, you're able to open up and, and get that support without sort of, I guess, looking on it in that way where you're like, oh, I'm complaining about something I chose to do because I found that really hard. Yeah, I think um, it is really hard when you when you say it like that. I guess it is because, yeah, 100% prep is a privilege um, and you should feel so grateful that you're able to to compete and, and do that. But at the same time, I think everyone handles things differently. And when you're doing something as crazy as a contest prep, there are a lot of battles. Um, and I think you just have to be kind enough to yourself and um, understand that it's okay to, to talk about things because just like anything else in life, you know, you might get a new job or something that you chose to do, but there's still going to be stresses and things in, in like in that journey that it's going to, um, I guess, put stress on you and you need to be able to open up about it for sure. Because otherwise, I mean, it's only going to end up, uh, I guess, like it's not benefiting you by keeping it in. So yeah, I definitely think it's important to talk to people. I think there is that very distinct difference between like asking for help. Like, you know, when you really are struggling, you're having mm. some of those low days and then also complaining, like, you know, yes. when you're just sitting there every single day, it's just, this is so hard. Like, you know, I absolutely hate this. And then there's another situation like, you know, where you're chatting to Joey back and forth and he's going like, how are you going? Like, do we need to increase food here? Maybe give you a high day? Like how, are you? and then, you know, bouncing some ideas back and be like, you know what? Like I am really struggling today. Like, you know, we might need to have something in place because i remember actually joe talking about like the prep and your prep was a little bit different to what a majority of the other preps probably would have been where you might have a normal athlete across the week here's your macros here's this where it was more or less like let's see how hard we can push when you're struggling you give me that feedback if i'm not mistaken um and then therefore like you know it was like a very push and pull where you were actually one in the in the driving seat more or less like and if you were struggling you're actually able to communicate that to joe yeah, I'm really glad you said it. I thank you for explaining that in a better light. I was struggling with my words there. But yeah, definitely. Um, so there is a big difference between complaining about what you're doing and talking about how you're feeling. Um, so yeah, it's important to talk to your coach, obviously, when you're when you're struggling in terms of, you know, your energy or um, yes, things like that. So just being able to have that open communication with your coach is super important. Mm -hmm. That's one thing about also having a coach that is also in the same boat as you. And like, you know, so that way you can bounce some ideas off each other. Like, you know, yeah. if you are struggling, opening up, it's a completely different situation from when you're opening that coaching DM and <laughs> you sit there and it's three days in a row. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm yeah. hungry. It's like, we know the hunger is going to be there. This is prep. There's a difference between, uh, you know, complaining and, uh, you know, asking for a little bit of help when you are struggling on those lower days and maybe some ways to actually tackle those lower days. Definitely. My question now is, uh, I guess half of my question was already asked, but um, do you know how good you actually were? Like, you know, obviously like a lot of like high level athletes, like, you know, you see Michael Jordan, they go into the, they go into the games knowing they're going to win. It's like, did you have any indication of how good you were? Like, you know, going from the natural Olympia then to winning the WMBF worlds, like these are no big feats. Like, and, you know, I think if anyone was to look at you outside of, I think yourself, they would probably be able to say like, she looks fucking damn good. And she has a very, very hot chance of taking this title. Did you think that? 
No, I didn't. I wish I did. Um, but honestly, I didn't. Um, you get so like in prep, it's just like a different mindset. Like you're looking at yourself so harshly every day at every tiny detail that towards the end, it's almost like it's kind of a blur. You don't really know what you're, you're looking at anymore. You've just been looking at the same physique for so long um, that it just becomes almost like the norm to wake up every day shredded. So you don't actually know how shredded you are. Um, yeah, so not really at all. And I think looking back now at, you know, my contest photos and things like that, I'm like, holy crap, like I looked really good. But mm. in the moment, I didn't think that at all. <laughs> mm. It's funny you say that because I, I I completely agree with that. And I think we can probably all vouch for that where like in the midst of prep, you don't think that you're that conditioned because there's always, you're always evaluating, oh, there could be a little bit more coming off or yes. maybe you got to touch more through the glutes that need to refine. Like, and then you look back on your photos and you're like, I was damn peeled. Like there was a, maybe a little bit to go. And like, I feel like there always is maybe a touch of improvement that you can make, right? That's the beauty of our sport. But yes. like you have that sort of appreciation for it. Um, did you have any, did those expectations change at all as you won the Natty Olympia firstly, and then went into the, the WNBF worlds? Did you feel any sort of additional pressure from that? Um, I think initially I did like at first I was like, oh my gosh, like now I have to do well because I've already done well here. And so I think like at first, like my first response was definitely a lot of pressure. Um, but then when I really sat back and thought about it, like my main goal was to do well at the Olympia. Well, actually just crack the top five. So to win was like next level. Um, and I realized that I was already super happy with what I achieved, that there was no real expectations for WNBF. And I was actually competing there in fit body, which is a slightly different category. And I had no idea how I was going to do. I, I mean, I did well in figure at the Olympia. I had a few people say to me like, um, you know, if you came in a touch leaner at Worlds, you will do well in figure. And I knew and that Joey and I had spoken about me doing fit body. And I was like, well, if I have to be leaner to do figure, how am I going to do in fit body? But mm. I just gave it a go. And um, yeah, I mean, I did well. So It's one yeah. of those things as well. Like when you're in prep, so many people have their opinions and oh, like, you yes. know, people will sit there and they like, oh, this, you need to be leaner. You need to do this. And that's where having a good coach, like, or someone that's on the same page that will give it to you real being like, you, you know, like we're in the right direction here. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're definitely on point and like, you know, to make those calls, because if you were to listen to every single person that pops up in prep, like, you know, giving you these little points of advice or like, you know, you could be a little bit fuller, you could do this, like, you know, God, we'd be 10 different looks on that show day and each of them probably wouldn't have placed anywhere close to probably what you would have actually done on the actual show day there. This is so true. Yeah. Mm. Um, very lucky to have had Joey to talk to for sure, because I did. I had a lot of people um, commenting, uh, sending me messages and, you know, trying to get, like, I know that they're trying to help, but, um, you know, mm. that's why I work with Joey. So. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Like judges yeah. and stuff as well as yes. like you know, but it also works completely different from federation to federation. And like mm -hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. Quick question though: Did you prefer the fit body or did you prefer the figure style of posing? Do you like the muscularity rounds or the symmetry? It's so hard because I love them both for different reasons. Um, like I love figure because it's like a beautiful, elegant kind of thing. But then I've got muscle; I love to flex it. <laughs> And I, I really do like, um, yeah, I like the fit body poses. Um, yeah. So it's hard. I can't pick. Why do yeah. both? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, there'll be even more flexing to be done when, when Becky makes that inevitable debut in women's bodybuilding. Um, I'm just, I can't wait to see it. 
Yeah, that, that I just could want to be see Becky hitting next. that crab, just the big yeah. growl. That big class most muscular. Boom. <laughs> Tell you what, those master competitors at the WMBF, they've got some muscle in bodybuilding. Like, they were like super impressive. Who's One of the ladies. Lady? Mm, she, she came, came out- like second or third. I think she was announced as like the female like rep for WMBF. Is it yeah. Like Lee or Lynn or I'm not yeah. sure. But yeah. She was like she 65. Was- Looks unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, she was like a little Asian lady. Comes out with a little stroller as like a joke. And yeah. this girl was jacked and peeled. There is absolutely zero excuses on that. Absolutely. Yeah, it was crazy. So good. Yeah, and I, I think it's it's going to be very exciting because I think that, you know, your physique, Becky, it can suit a lot of these these different divisions. So, I mean, have you and Joey discussed more formally whether or not the women's bodybuilding would be on the cards? Um, we've briefly talked about it. Uh, yeah, I'm unsure whether I'll continue along the fit body physique sort of thing, or if I will try and step up into bodybuilding. Um, I do think that I could potentially, like, I I don't know if I would have a lot of growth to do. Like, I think I could potentially do bodybuilding sort of like now. Um, however, there are things I'd like to tweak before trying to do that. So I guess we'll just wait and see after this off season, see what happens, but yeah. I must say though, those three divisions are pretty damn similar in regards to like actual muscularity and posing. Like, you know, majority of the time, if someone looks really good in symmetry and they've got enough muscle, they're probably going to do really well in that fit body as well because they've got still enough muscle. It's just the different way of posing it. Unless someone has a very, very unsymmetrical physique for a fit body and then pops on into that figure as well. And bodybuilding, who's the biggest news the shredded? Am I right, boys? (laughs) That's it. Ah, I mean, you know, mate, you know, like who's the nicest guy is, is I think, <laughs> a, a really underutilized. And and that will, um, you know, the personality will be a, a pretty key part of the, and the new division that BDU is currently in the works. And it's the oversized T. Mr. Oversized T is what it's called, um, where it's basically who can, you know, just stand there in the biggest shirt possible on the stage. Um, still in the works, still some kinks we have to work out. But mm. yeah, Jack is is eyeing that off for 2028. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the key, key you know, points uh, to discuss in terms of the criteria there is still look jacked whilst wearing that oversized tee to not essentially be dwarfed. And how big can you get the tee while still being, while still looking absolutely, you know, jacked AF. But a bigger emphasis on the personality than the actual muscularity. Yes. That yeah, stand absolutely. up there and have banter. Yeah, 100%. So it's a combination of who's the funniest. And me and Matt Serg were actually talking about this on the weekend. It's actually more of a challenge for the judges. So they have to then pick who they think is the biggest. And then, you know, you disrobe at the end, sort of revealing who actually has a decent physique. So, yeah, I personally won't be dieting for that category. So I'm sort of banking on just being the fullest, um, not necessarily the sharpest, but I, I will be full. Isn't it, still isn't it cheesecake? Because <laughs> you're, you're hiding it and then you, you reveal it. Exactly, exactly. So, Becky, I was going to ask as well, obviously a, a very exciting thing you've got going on at the moment is the new gym. So I see that there's been you know a few bits and pieces put in there. So yes. are we able to get a bit of an idea as to what is on the, the menu list for pieces of equipment that you either are getting in already or, you know, potentially what's on the wish list as well. Oh, look, 
We've started off very small um, and it is based around, you know, more of a studio style gym. Um, so it is all sort of like, you know, we've got the, um, you know, the Smith, the multifunction Smith machine. Um, we've got like a hack squat and leg press. Like it's all sort of like combined machines. Um, however, you know, who knows what the future holds? We've got like big plans um, and, Hopefully one day it'll be a full gym, not just a studio. And then I will definitely have a lot more machines and things that I, I want to have in. But I definitely want to have my dream, dream equipment would be some machines that are good, um, both biomechanically and ergonomically suited for smaller individuals like myself, mm. where I can get some good range and that's smooth on the joints. Mm. All right, we'll get you some booster pads. <laughs> yeah. Get you some yoga blocks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did yeah, you the... find that gym that we trained at in Seattle, Becky? Like, I thought that had some really good pieces. Did you enjoy using some of that sort of Nautilus and free motion stuff at the LA Fitness there? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, had a lot of fun playing around with some of that, some of the equipment there for sure. Yeah, when we were there, Becky and I, we had sort of bumped into each other and then we got a, a little image because I had to take a photo for my mum, who's just like low-key the um the biggest um becky pateman fan on the planet and then <laughs> i had the trackies on becky had the shorts and just cooked me cooked me on the quad shot absolutely obliterated and yeah didn't you have to drop didn't you have to drop the dax and then toast off to. to. yeah <laughs> thought so and then we grabbed out the tape measure and realized that becky actually had two centimeters on lawrence <laughs> in quad girth it, it was actually two inches but uh yeah it was yeah. um it was pretty sad those American metrics on those shots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was some interesting characters at that LA fitness. They were uh, really getting into those workouts. Definitely got the functional side of it, oh, especially yeah. with that, that, uh, was it the Nautilus pull down using both arms at once in a rowing kind of fashion. <laughs> yeah. Like my alternating? personal favorite. Yeah. Alternating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was an absolute crime to be on the Nautilus piece. <laughs> Someone that My absolute... on Instagram, right? Mm. Legit though, like it was literally like the gym fails in real life. Yeah. And I thought, man, this only could happen in America. My <laughs> personal favorite was what I see as it is a true antagonist superset where you've got, you know, on the elliptical lateral raise going on. <laughs> but we have to question, you know, the the length, the length and partials are just being missed. So what you'd have to do is bring the elliptical down near a cable. So you could at the very <laughs> least do a cable lateral raise. And yeah, this particular individual, you could see that the delt growth was severely lacking, which makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it was an interesting one. What about the pullover machine that was nearly unusable, but at the exact same time, the lady that was doing shoulder press on it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was one day with me and DY and... um like a lady just like fell down and then dy actually helped her up off the ground mm. just like a, a good samaritan so yeah. yeah that la fitness that was good value in terms of entertainment and just shock factor i think it was yeah. about 30 dollars an entry fee but like you were pretty much getting like a world world-class show well yeah. worth well worth it becky is there any any highlights from your holiday in America? Because I know you guys, you and Mark sort of went around sort of after and you did a few bits and pieces here and there. So what were your favorite yeah. parts of um, the holiday portion? Well, I had been there once before, um, not to Seattle. I think Seattle was probably a highlight because I had never been to Seattle before. And I found it really beautiful, actually. 
Um, so that was probably the highlight. Uh, going up the, uh, what was it called? Like the lookout in Seattle? Space Needle. Uh, Space Needle. Yeah, that was really awesome. Um, however, Mark and I had four days in LA, which was supposed to be our little holiday at the end of our trip, where we actually got really sick. Um, so it wasn't as enjoyable as we had hoped. Yeah. Too much cheesecake. Probably too much cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you go to Gold's Gym? Um, yes, we did. Yeah. Didn't see anyone who like, you know, any famous people. No Mike O'Hearn, no, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, no. <laughs> Damn. There was a really cool dog there though. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> but everyone who was there saw Becky Pateman and that's what matters. They were like, yeah, uh, we oh, saw 100%. the champ champ. Two-time back-to-back world champ. That's, that's all that was running through their mind. Mm, 100%. Will have achieved such tremendous results in your uh, in your last season. What are the goals set for this off season now? I guess um, for my off season, it'll just be I guess training really hard, trying to keep that intensity up um, and bring up some of the lacking areas. Uh, trying to I guess grow a bit more upper back, um, bit, bit more upper back development to kind of match in with my quads. Um, and just trying to get a bit more of a balanced physique for the next time I do step on stage. So, yeah. Fantastic. Have you highlighted any sort of specific lifts that you're wanting to progress upon to, to build those particular structures? Like, do you have any sort of orientated performance goals that you've set within the off season as well? Not really, not at this point. Um, I haven't really discussed too much with Joey in regards to um, like particular exercises or anything like that. Um, but yeah, just I think it's going to be like more of just an all over more width and density. So I guess it'll be a variety of um, of lifts for sure. 100%. Sound like, get in sound like get me. After it. Yeah. Sound like me. Joe, tell me what to do. I'll yeah, do it. And then you, you tell me what I need to do to fit the criteria and uh, I'll get it done. Yeah. So you are going to stay under Joe for pretty much the um the entirety of this next season, like yes. off season? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Any dates locked in? No real dates yet. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think earliest that I will be on stage again would be 2025, um, but probably more likely 2026, but we'll see. Because mm. I was listening to Dirk as well. I think he's tempted to try and hold down his world title from WMBF. I think he's going back oh. to back, which oh, wow. I think for any, I think for a female would be extremely hard, especially considering yeah. like how conditioned you have to get um, where Dirk, I guess is on the luckier side where he stays not very far off stage lean. I think normally about 10% nearly year round where I definitely can say, I don't stay that lean. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> yeah. I mean, someone's got to do it. Um, <laughs> It is what it is. But uh, yeah, I was thinking about um, going again, D. White, you know, try get back to back, you know, retain my fourth place crown in the light heavyweights. But um, Well, I must say it was extremely close. I reckon with the half year off season, we could actually probably bring it back and maybe even get the actual crown and not that little uh, paper one that you got, paper mache. Yeah. And let's not forget with the improved peaking approach, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's bound to be successful. <laughs> only one way about it so becky i'm interested to know what was like some of the more difficult aspects of your prep like i know we mm -hmm. focused on a lot of highlights and it might be uh insightful for some of the other people to uh, i don't want to say lowlights but just some of the more uh difficult aspects that you faced 
Yeah, um, I think the most difficult thing was probably just my work-life balance. Honestly, I really struggled with that. Um, I did switch up my jobs sort of midway through prep. Uh, silly me, went from an office job to shift work. Um, so there was some some times where I might not be getting home till one or two a.m. and then uh, needing to get up at six a.m. to go and do my PTs because I had my my business as well. And I think just the pressure of trying to um, you know tick off all the boxes for prep as well as um, do really well in your job and your business life as well. And also have a social life. Like it's just juggling a lot of balls at once. And I found that super difficult this time around. How did you personally manage the shift work? Like what, what are some tips that worked for you? <laughs> Taking naps, <laughs> trying to get in every little bit of sleep that I could for recovery whenever I had to. Um, but I did also have to, um, you know, get my steps and do my cardio. And sometimes it was at like absurd times of the day, but it just had to be done. And I really did turn into a bit of a robot, just like ticking the boxes and getting it done every day. But it's kind of just what it had to be done. Mm. On that topic with like managing like shift work and then so much expectations with the actual prep itself, like, you know, mm. obviously you would have probably had a high amount of steps, low food. How did you juggle that with the relationship side of things as well? Because that's probably one thing I think a majority of people that go through comp prep, they just get to a point where the energy levels are so low, you don't have any spare time. Like you're not doing it. And it's like, no. <laughs> it, it rolls around to Saturday and God, Mark goes, let's go for a walk. And you say, Hey, I've already hit my 10,000 steps at 4am. I ain't doing shit. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's a great question. Um, because it is, it's really hard. Um, I guess there was, well, I, I mean, how am I supposed to say this? It is just really hard. It gets to a point. It's good to have someone who's supportive, who understands it. Like Mark has prepped before. So I guess he had a good understanding of um, how I was feeling. And the, like, I guess he just didn't ask. Um, mm. those types of questions when he knew I was exhausted or he knew that I would have got my steps already. Um, but a lot of the time we would just try to, I guess, plan things to do on certain days of the week or, you know, so we could work around things and we'd always make sure that like I'd catch up and get my steps with him in his lunch break. So we'd go for a walk together in his lunch break whenever I could. Um, sometimes like we'd train together if we could, things like that. So it was almost like trying to get time, spending time together, but in a way that was still uh, progressing me through my you know, my mm. daily tasks, I suppose. Trying to, I guess, include your partner yeah. as much as possible yeah. with those activities that you're allowed to yes. uh, actually have within a prep. I remember mine, it was like, all right, well, we can go to the cinema at around about three o'clock in the afternoon to six, but it's got to be home 6.30 because I'm hungry by then. Yes. Uh, can we make that work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Especially as you get on those back, back end of the prep. Now with that, did, were you actually with Mark when he did his last prep? Yeah, we actually competed together. So we prepped together. Um, mm. Yeah. The last six weeks, we pretty much just didn't talk to each other. <laughs> mm. Very much in our own lane. Who handled it better? He, he will have to cover his ears for this. But who who handled the prep situation better on the back end? Yeah, look, sorry, Mark. He was... <laughs> it was his first prep he really did struggle a little bit towards the end there um but I guess like it was good because like we had each other to to support each other however like I said when you get that that far into your prep it kind of is and like we helped each other we came together and helped each other like mm. prep our food and um and all of that and like we do our steps together and things so it was good to kind of have that person to do those things with but that's as 
about as far as it went. We just kind of helped each other prep food and then said good morning and good night. <laughs> kind of in your own little different universes until someone crosses over and then steals your chicken on the plate and Ooh. it says 100 grams raw and then it's on. Yeah, yeah, very true. <laughs> I've got a question here and it's how are you handling the post-show now? Mm-hmm. Like now that the shows are what, probably like 10 weeks post-show would it be, Lawrence? I know you would have the exact calculations. I think it's 11. Yeah. Yeah. 11 weeks post-show. Like how does someone that has obviously had such a successful season, how are you actually handling that? Is Mm. it an easy walk in the park? Is it a bit of a struggle? Yeah, look, it's no easy walk in the park. Um, I'm, yeah, not one to to hide this, but I do really struggle with post-comp. I always have. However, this is probably one of the best post-comp experiences that I've had. Um, I'd say I'm probably almost 100% at the moment. I did obviously struggle with a few things from, you know, low energy availability, uh, which is very, very common for me. Um, But yeah, definitely, like I struggled a lot mentally with gaining back the necessary body body fat, especially after being probably the leanest I've ever been. Um, So yeah, I definitely struggled with that. And yeah, physically, I struggled a little bit as well, but almost completely recovered, I'd say. Um, I say from the updates that you're putting up, you're looking really, really good. I think yourself put such high expectations of yourself of how you're meant to reverse out. And I think visually, just from an outsider's point of view, I think you've handled it extremely, extremely well. Thank you. Now on that topic, how did you handle the, you know, those couple of days when you were over in LA? I know that you mentioned that you were sick, but I know it's very, very hard mentally from going from this state where you're absolutely ticking every single box. And then next thing you know, you've got pretty much free reigns on everything. You're on a holiday with your partner. You kind of want to enjoy it. But even subconsciously, like even when you're having those meals out post, you somewhat have a little bit of guilt. Was there any like structure or anything along the lines that you had to your meals that you could maybe help manage the holiday a little bit better? Or was there anything that you had going into it? Um, I guess for me, I basically, like, I still prepped all of my food, to be honest. Um, Mark and I kind of decided on both the financial kind of aspect as well, but we just decided it was going to be better for us to prep our food. Um, it means that we could control it a little bit more. Um, and we just chose, um, like, a few things that we wanted to do. So, like, we, we had, I think it was, like, two dinners out and one breakfast out. And then that way we got to enjoy going out for dinner at two restaurants. We got to go out for breakfast. Um, and that was kind of enough for us, really. Uh, Mark is also type 1 diabetic. So it's it's difficult for him to eat out anyway. Uh, so mm. we just, yeah. And I think it it helped knowing that, you know, the night that I was going out to, to dinner or something, I would just, you know, eat a little bit cleaner throughout the day because I was prepping my food anyway. Um, and that kind of helped me feel a little bit better about, you know, the surplus of food that I was going to, going to eat that night. But um, yeah. Now looking back on it, were you quite happy with how you managed the holiday? Yeah. Yeah. I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I felt nice. really good. Um, I think it is really easy to, when you're over overseas, especially, and you want to try all the new foods and mm. it's really easy to let that kind of get in your head. But for me, I guess the, my mentality around it was, I was more there for the moments and the memories. I wasn't there just for the food. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think looking back on it, when you've gone from like the holiday and then you've had like a successful post show season, you can look back on it and be like, you know what? I did pretty damn good. I think that's, you know, definitely helps going into that off season yes yeah for sure 
Do you feel like this is something that has gotten better over the course of your preps as well? Because I think, you know, I would say most competitors would would really struggle with that first, you know, post show, uh, first ever, you know, season and and initiating back into the the off season again and relationship towards food and perhaps mm-hmm. managing, you know, binging and 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 things like this. Because it's really just a one eighty degree flip, right? When you mm-hmm. go from rigidity around meal prepping to food intake to all of a sudden, like D said, you know, mentioned, it's just this ultimate flexibility, which really shouldn't be that, you know, that that flexible maybe in that initial stage. But you want to obviously enjoy yourself. Mm. Do you think is you've gotten better or that process has perhaps gotten easier? Or do you find it it's potentially just as challenging? That's a fantastic question. Um, because it's so true. When I first started uh competing, definitely post show was nowhere near as controlled. Um, and I've really struggled with binging um, for my first few seasons. Um, even the reverse was just like, I'm going to be completely honest, it was horrible. Um, and I had to learn from my mistakes. Um, and yeah, so it just took a long time for me to kind of, I guess, find little things that that helped me. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think it's just time, trial and error. Um, and just knowing, I think, like when you do your first comp and you've been restricting food for such a long time it's almost like you feel when you do have this like freedom to eat whatever you want it's like it's almost like food is disappearing like you're you're worried that food's going to disappear on you again and so you need to get it all in right now because you've been restricting for so long but I think like having the mentality that food will always be there it's not going anywhere um you know like I don't have to eat the whole jar of peanut butter when I can just you know pop it in my food tomorrow or the next day. You know what I mean? So it's just, um, it's good having that mentality that you don't have to overindulge. You can have a small amount and it's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. That's such great advice. And I feel like you would almost, you would enjoy it more so, you know, in in that manner too, as opposed to perhaps resenting that post-show process where you eat something, but it's excessive, mm-hmm. feel absolutely horrible about it and um and then associate the post comp to being a really negative experience as opposed to a, you know which which really should be a positive right introducing yes. food back in regaining a positive relationship with food relationships like you know all that sort of lifestyle integration that is integral within the off season so mm-hmm. i think that's really nicely put yeah that's that's so true um and especially even when like eating out and stuff at restaurants um when i first like post-show back in the day, I'd really overeat and you just end up feeling sick and horrible. And it's true. It puts kind of like a bad memory on that experience and it's not, it's not what you want at all. So yeah. Mm, mm, Absolutely. Yeah. I think that sometimes you can catch yourself like post-show still doing like some weird stuff, like around food. Like Eric was talking about on my podcast with him, how he's like eating his carrot, like kind of weird. And I, I can't remember exactly what the context was, but it was a few like, you know, I had like recovered a lot of the energy sort of symptoms from prep, but I could still tell I was a, a bit food focused. And I think like, you know, like someone was walking past or it was like maybe my dad and he just like took a hand, like he just like, you know, like people do like, oh, I'll have a bit of that. Like, you know, like something out of like a bowl or something. It was something along those lines. And I remember for like a split second being like kind of mad. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm not quite there yet. Like I'm feeling good, but I'm not quite fully recovered because like, I'm contemplating fighting my dad here for this you know, <laughs> handful of Milo cereal or whatever it may have been. Is there anything that you can look back on how you maybe still noticed, oh, okay, like there's still some ways to go when it comes to like the post-show recovery? 
Yeah, look, I do have a couple of weird things that I do. Um, one of them is <laughs> during uh, during prep, I bought myself a mini spatula to make sure I got every tiny little bit of my oats out of the bowl. I didn't want to leave any single crumb left in that bowl. Um, and I continued to use that spatula reversing out. Um, but but I haven't used it recently. So it's it's a win. Um, also eating with a teaspoon is another thing I'm still doing. I should I have like seen it over mm. should have like seen it when we were in America. Lawrence literally I went for a taste of his Reese's peanut butter like cheesecake, literally bit my finger off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking gone. I can't do deadlifts anymore. <laughs> Yeah, that's obviously that's actually... why you're not training legs anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he also bit off my toe. That's the reason that I couldn't like a little bit of banana put on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unrelated actually. Um, but yeah, mistakes happen. <laughs> that's why I can't train legs. Oh, I can still train upper. I've yeah, done throw that off. Oh mate, you know, you don't need fingers, you got cuffs. I mean, let's be honest, like you can cuff just about anything and it's probably more optimal. So yeah. Yeah. I actually did you a favor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I bought the one RM cuffs and I'm now good to go. Um, one more question I got for you is what are some of the differences from your last prep? Because obviously you had a previous coach beforehand. Now, what are some of the changes that you have made going into the most previous prep? Like, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, you did like a bit of a push and a pull mechanism with Joe. Was that a little bit different? What else? What else changed in regard to steps? Maybe just basic training protocols as well. Yeah, look, a lot changed. Um everything I reckon everything changed so mm. of course having um a new coach um yeah Joey and I having like a good communication was fantastic um so that helped me a lot um in my off season I did focus a lot on um putting calories up and being in a surplus for a really long time um I did this because I had competed a lot previously and I did have to diet down very very low from almost every single one of my comps. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't doing that this time around. Um, I did still have to diet quite low, but it was better than other preps. Um, so there was that. I also had a PT session once a week with um, a gentleman named Brad Clark, who used to coach me and is now like a friend. And anyway, I had him pushing me once a week in the gym, which I think made a massive difference to my intensity throughout the week. Um what else? Oh, also in previous uh, contest preps, my, I'd say like my, my training was probably a lot more, like I had a lot more volume and I was probably over, like really overdoing it. Um, and I, I, I do remember when I first started my contest prep with Joey, sometimes I would look at like the training volume and think, wow, is this enough? Like, I just always felt like I was not doing enough because I've always overtrained. I was always like in the gym for like two and a half hours and I was, um, you know, walking nonstop. I was doing cardio hit, excessively hit, um, where like we pulled back on a lot of that. And it was actually quite, it was hard for me to pull back on those things. But ultimately, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I did so well, um, because I wasn't putting my body under that much stress. I was recovering better. Um yeah, so I'd say they're probably like the biggest things that were changed in this contest prep. It's very hard when you also have like preps like that where you're doing so much prior mm. and then you go into a prep, which maybe it might be a little bit more structurally laid out. Yes. And it's very hard for you mentally because at the same time, you're like, I'm doing less, 
but somehow the results are coming in better and better. But like, you know, I'm doing less than what I did last time, yeah. uh, which is obviously one thing that, you know, had a huge carryover into the success of the prep as well there. Did you actually have to do much cardio? You did mention that you went from doing hit. Was there no hit this prep as well? Um, I did ask for hit. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I asked to add in a little bit of hit. Um, but yeah, previously I was doing hit like twice a day and I was doing steady state cardio and I was doing steps. I was doing all of it. Um, however, this time we only got up to an hour of cardio, which was just like steady state cardio. Um, and I was doing hit, I think it was three times a week for five minutes. And it was only for about, I want to say maybe four weeks. And that was kind of, I think we took that out maybe, oh, I'm not too sure, but we did take it out towards the end um, because obviously I was, I was pretty exhausted. Oh, you would have been absolutely cooked on that yeah. back end. How did you um, handle the flying? Were there any differences from flying from show to show? Because obviously mm. you had a previous coach before and now you were flying with Joe. I know Joe's very on top of it in terms of meal timings when he leaves. Like I remember he said, Lawrence, you can eat whatever was on the plane, two bottles of wine. <laughs> um, I didn't have any any problems with flying at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really, I was really stressed about it, actually. I, I wondered if it would, you know, make a difference to my physique. But um, the next morning when I did my check-in, I couldn't believe how, like, I probably looked better than I did before mm. I got on plane. So it was, yeah, really good. That's in. Got to fly in on the day of the show. Let, <laughs> let, let it sort And have all the wine up. and all the food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Any of you boys got any last questions before we wrap it up? No? done well i wanted to pass it over to you so you can give them a little bit of an update on obviously your new gym um if you wanted to go into any details on that side and then obviously we'll finish up there with uh you know handing over your instagram handles if they somehow don't already know who you are <laughs> uh thank you so yes opening up a pt studio here in yamba new south wales um it's more of like a small uh, pt health and fitness studio um and the reason why i'm doing that is it's a pretty small community um, and there's not a lot of places where I think people can go where they feel really comfortable. I have had, you know, uh, clients mention to me, uh, most of them females who have told me they're quite intimidated to go to the gym. And even I remember back when I first started going to the gym that I was really intimidated. So I wanted to provide a space where people could go and feel comfortable without being intimidated by other people, where they can learn the basics um, and and get that knowledge to then eventually be able to go into a bigger gym or go to any gym and feel like they can walk in and and know what they're doing. So that's kind of what I'm doing um, for the community here. I'll do a lot more female-focused uh, things, uh, female-focused classes and things like that. Um, officially opening, we don't have a date yet, but we're hoping 1st of March. Um, so Damn. heard it here first. <laughs> exciting times ahead yeah. i'm excited for it i know you're going to do wonders for up there Thank um you. now where can they find you what, what's your instagram handle we'll throw them over to you yeah so um becky pateman that's b-e-double-c-y so you can find me um and then our business is unrivaled physiques unrivaled with two l's um and for any quick coaching inquiries um it is unrivaled physiques at gmail.com absolutely love it Thank you so much for coming on once again. I think I speak on behalf of everyone here. It was an absolute honor to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you all.